Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scaling New Heights podcast. This week, I will again be chatting with an instructor from the upcoming Scaling New Heights conference in Orlando, Florida, June 4 through 7. Now, at that conference, we talk about facing your challenges, and we call those challenges Yetis. As we scale new heights, the Yetis challenge our climb. Well, in this episode, I'm going to give you a sneak peek behind the scenes of Scaling New Heights and some of the education we offer, as I have done in other segments of the series. Now at Woodard, we pride ourselves on providing the very best cutting edge training for pro advisors, accountants, and bookkeepers. And we offer more new content each year at our conference than any other conference host. Over 60% of the training at Scaling New Heights this year will be brand new. We are creating it uniquely for this show. And we've divided the training into five different categories of challenges or yetis that small business advisors face. Becoming and remaining distinctive, building and leading a team, finding and retaining the right clients, moving beyond bookkeeping and compliance into the role of advisor, and staying current with technology. Now that latter one is particularly challenging because of all of the constant shifts taking place and disruptions taking place within the technology sector. Now our topic today is going to focus on building and leading teams. Before I get started with today's episode, I want to thank our podcast partners, Neat, Smart Biz Loans, and Entryless. All three of these solutions are powerful technologies to automate your accounting practice and better service your clients. And you can learn more about them at water.com slash podcast, including taking advantage of some special offers exclusive to our podcast audience. I'm going to turn the podcast now to our good friend, Clayton Oates. Clayton Oates is recognized as a thought leader in the accounting, bookkeeping, and technology industries in Australia and internationally. He's been working in and consulting to the accounting, bookkeeping, and software consulting industries for more than 25 years. And after completing a business accounting degree at Monash University, Melbourne, he joined Price Waterhouse, working in the tax division for five years and then moved into the industry as a retail accountant for nine years with another firm. In 1998, he co-founded QA Business. It's a specialist independent IT consulting practice that's focused on improving business systems, productivity, and performance for small business owners and operators. And in that capacity, he has gleaned and acquired skills in leading teams that he is going to share with us today. You can learn more about Clayton Oates at ClaytonOates.com, but right now we're going to hear from Clayton. So Clayton, welcome to the podcast. Oh, g'day Joe. Thanks so much for having us on the call today. Well, it is always great to have you on the podcast series and in everything we do. Um, and I'm really excited about the sessions that you're going to be teaching at Scaling New Heights coming up. And they fit perfectly with this theme of leadership for this podcast episode. So I, I just want to jump right in so we can make the most of our time with you. When hiring, 
do you focus primarily on a person's skill set or their aptitude? Yeah, look, that's a great question. And essentially, through experience over the years, it's probably a definite focus on hire for attitude, train for skill, all other things being equal. So what, what I mean by that is um, obviously you're not going to hire someone in who's got a fantastic attitude and is a great plumber to do bookkeeping. So, you know, if, if someone's got the skill set, yep, they definitely need that, obviously, and there's ways of testing for that. But definitely the attitude piece is, is a high priority for us and has been over the years. And it's where we've actually then achieved the greatest success in bringing and building teams. It's when we've been on the sort of more the desperate side and we've felt as though we've just need someone right now and whoever comes along next that's got some skill set and without sort of, you know, filtering that that attitude piece, that hasn't tended to work out as well as we would expect or, or, or should have if we actually focused on the attitude and then trained for the skill piece. Well, and, and that's funny that you should say that focus on the attitude and aptitude and, and train to the skill piece, because in my experience in leadership, you can train to, to professional proficiency, but what you can't necessarily coach someone through is an attitude problem. And I have had some success coaching to attitude and, and, you know, helping people mold into our culture. But if it's a complete polar opposite or if they're not coachable, well, then the culture of the company really starts to take a hit. And Disney Institute talks about several things they overmanage. And I don't have time in here to get into all of them. But, but one of the places that Disney will say they always overmanage is culture. So when you're hiring for aptitude... What's the connection to the culture of your practice and how would you describe the culture of your business? Yeah, well, I think it's very important to have that clarity around your culture. You know, what, what are the values that you stand for? What is the goal or purpose and mission that we're trying to actually, you know, instill with our clients? Who are we to the audience? And we need to be, I think we need to have that documented. Um, it's certainly something we've always done. We've had that non-negotiables, if you like, up front, our culture, our values articulated right at the start of the hiring process, the interview process. People are well aware of what we stand for. You know, ultimately for us, it was a really about making a, a massive impact in clients' lives using technology to drive efficiencies and effectiveness, but ultimately really to help them buy back time in their life. I mean, we can be a technologies and enabler to make an incredible difference to people's lives. And and we were the, the conduit, really, with the technology piece to enable that to happen. So we were very, very clear up front there. We also looked at, you know, people being accountable with the non-negotiables and living above the line. What I mean by that is, you know, we, we expect people and we need to lead as well. We're not just coaching. We're actually leading. Leaders need to lead. So it's about being accountable, about being responsible and taking ownership. So the team would take ownership for issues that arose when they were dealing with a client, for example. You know, I didn't want to have to be the one that handled every single issue in the practice. And, you know, if something mucks up, then Clayton's the guy that's the fixer for that. No, we actually had to help uh, the team members take responsibility, take action and, and own that issue and learn from it. And that can be a little bit confronting. And we tend to actually sort of shield the team members from this confrontation, perhaps sometimes that can occur with clients. I, I, we think completely opposite on that. We need to have them on the front line. We need to be, get them to take responsibility and ultimately learn off that experience. But what so I like about what you've said there, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what I love about right. what you've said is that you're defining culture. There are subjective elements to culture, of course, right? But you've got, you're objectifying the culture. You have yes. very clearly written guidelines 
for how we're going to act. And I'm assuming that's with each other, with the client. And so you can point back to those guidelines that everybody has mutually agreed to and very, be very specific, right? It's not just that, you know, that, that Greg and Sally are not getting along, right? I mean, that's what everybody thinks culture is kind of artificial harmony or, or at best harmony, but it's not, it's, I love what you said about mission. It, it's about everybody aligning around a common mission and then working together to accomplish that common goal. And I know you can go on about culture for a long time. You're going to drill down on this deep in your, in your breakout session. But um, for the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about right team members, right? We talked about aptitude, you know, trumping skill, not that skill's not important, but in a larger sense, right? What do you do, Clayton, when one person becomes a challenge and you begin to suspect maybe they're in the wrong seat, maybe they're even on the wrong bus? What do you do? It's <laughs> a great question. And we're going to have this challenge along the way. You know, if you haven't had this experience yet, it's about to happen as you build out your teams. It's nothing to be incredibly fearful about, uh, but we do need to have some strategies around actually dealing with this when it occurs. So certainly maintaining that standard. I think part of it is also being empathetic that, you know, people don't necessarily get out of bed each day to actually go to work to stuff up your business, to destroy the client relationship. That's usually not on their um, radar first up. So there's possibly something else going on there. We certainly believe that there shouldn't be any passengers on the bus. I'm not saying everyone is the driver, but they can be responsible for their own direction and their own actions and the cause and effect that actually happens with the client interaction. When we've got team members that uh, tend to stray a little bit from the standard there and as leaders, we do need to act on this. This is very important. We have a role and a responsibility, not only for the business and the clients that we're serving, but also for the other team members that are on the bus with us. You know, they expect a standard and, and we're incongruent if we're not actually acting on this. So we've got a policy or a, or a methodology called the Bunsen burner test. And I'll dig into that a lot more at the session at the show. But essentially, you know, we're actually it's like holding a mirror back up to the team member and we've all got these standards and they can clearly see where they're actually falling down on this standard. And, you know, over the years, we've, we've probably had around 25 team members over the last 15 years and you'll have that. You won't keep people forever. But essentially, I've never had to fire anyone. Um, we've People have left to their own accord sometimes when the, just the heat was a bit hot in the kitchen because their own core values weren't aligned with ours. And they tended to sort of put their hand up and realize that at some moment, some stage. We've obviously remained great friends with really everyone here at a time. We want them to leave a, a, in better shape than they arrived. Um, I think that's a role of us as leaders as well. But there is definitely a methodology around this and it's actually being true to your standards and, and your values and not waiting from those, but helping people to, to grow through it. If they can't, then, you know, the, the Bunsen burner test, which we'll actually go through, can give you some strategy around this that makes you feel as though, look, I haven't lost a relationship here. It's just a call that someone else has made that they just couldn't quite sort of, you know, stick to that standard. And that's Well, and fine. it gets back to, to that, that first that first point you, you made so well about, you know, creating not just a mission statement, but a, a set of behaviors, if you will, or expectations that orbit that mission statement to objectify it. And, and it sounds like, you know, if you're armed with that, you might be much more likely to confront and to do so in a constructive way. One of the challenges I've seen, Clayton, and I know you've run into it too as a trainer of accountants, 
even armed with your Bunsen burner technique, which I know you, you know, we just touched on here with a mission statement and with the very specific guidelines and the mirror, right? The, the bigger problem is the, that many accountants are introverted and in that introversion, they uh, naturally abhor confrontation. It's, it, it's with, with type A people, confrontation is much more natural and organic to their personality type. Introverts, not so much. And so I, I know you're, you're going to know your audience when you get to this breakout session at Scaling New Heights, but many of the folks listening, they're the same audience or the same demographic of audience, and they know they're a good bookkeeper. They know they're a good accountant, right? They've got that skill set, and they've got some, some competencies in how to make sure a team stays productive and efficient and profitable. And I'm not going to say that they're green leaders. They've led, right? But they wouldn't call themselves expert leaders, right? So I know we only have about three or four minutes left, and I'm going to give you a big, big task here. But what advice would you give for an accountant in three or four minutes here who wants to be a better leader, maybe even approach that expert leader status? Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, most of us on the call today and at, at conferences, you know, we have come from that sort of technician piece, you know, and, and we might have started our own, own business as Michael Gerber talks about off the back of an entrepreneurial seizure, seizing an opportunity. And, you know, the leadership piece and building out a team, you know, hasn't become natural to us. But it is something that could be learned, definitely. You know, building a business, um, we're looking at levers. We're looking at how do we gain leverage at, um, at, out of building a business. And, you know, three of the great levers are people or team, um, process and technology and if we drill in onto the people side and the team side you know ourselves as business owners and operators you know where our role really is and Richard Branson talks about that is this is to really build the team you know your our role is to actually build and and coach and lead the team the team look after the team so then the team looks after the customers and the clients and the prospects and the prospects and the business and the customers look after the business and then the business ultimately looks after you so that's sort of the wheel of wheel of um, leverage and and um, getting the results there that actually you know really as to why we've gone into business in the first place but if we drill back into say some key steps you know I've identified sort of seven keys in how you can um, learn to evolve in your role as a leader, really, first of all, we, we need to build belief, really. And it comes back to our why. Why are we doing what we're doing? You know, for me, simply, it was really, I, I looked at getting into business so I could actually have more time and money. And I know that's a bit counterintuitive. You know, the reality is for most small business owners and operators, you don't get either. But you can. And there's a way of doing that. So getting vested, getting vested in your dream and your vision and your why straight up is, is you know, really Number, step number one that ultimately then leads on to building belief and self-confidence you know if you build some self-confidence and you know and, and trying to master yourself I suppose it's it's when you work on yourself and get yourself worked out the world tends to work itself out in response to that and and looking to build more solid and consistent auto responses really as to how we respond to things not necessarily just reacting to them so a big piece of how you do that really is learning you know study leadership 
look at mentors. You know, surround yourself with those that you aspire to. They've got the actions and the results and the and the culture and the mindset that thinks, gee, that is someone I would love to aspire to. I, I can see a quality or a trait in that person. I'm not saying replicate and mimic someone. It's actually taking pieces of people that you already know, possibly clients, perhaps, you know, some of your most successful clients, there'll be aspects of the way they run business that you're naturally learning off right now. There's some fantastic tools and resources out there, you know, around the learning piece. There's there's some great books. I mean, Ken Blanchard's books, you know, Gung Ho on Building Team, talking about worthwhile work and and the spirit of, of the goose, really encouraging people and encouraging teams. Gung Ho is the name of that book. The Fish Book, Steve London's book. You know, there's a great DVD on on the Pike Place Fish Market, which is tremendous about building that team camaraderie and enthusiasm, and it's that's ultimately infectious. Whale Done is another Ken Blanchard book. High Five, another Ken Blanchard book. Um, Stephen Covey, I'm really excited to see that he's actually at the at the show this year, Joe. I mean, I think that's tremendous. I mean, that'll be just an amazing session. Guys like Jim Collins and and John Maxwell around leadership. So, uh, and I think the point there too is, you know, set those standards. We talked a little bit about that, about the non-negotiables. I'll drill in on that during the session as to how you define those. What do they typically look like? What do you need to cover off on there? And so you take ownership and take leadership on that. And also managing expectations, sort of setting expectations, but not just having these far out expectations that everyone should live up to this exact standard. It's also appreciation. You know, Tony Robbins talks about this is if you want to change the, the, just your, your, your state as instantly just change your your expectations to your appreciation appreciate and and be thankful for what you've got now and start focusing on the good things not the, the one thing that perhaps a client or a team member has done wrong start picking up and identifying the areas that they've really done well and that also leads on to sort of you know having open management. I mean, I think that's just for, for us, it was just tremendous. We were very open in where the team is at, where the business is at. We're all in on this bus together. We're not running with a whole series of buses in a race beside each other. We're actually on the one bus. Building out to communication. I mean, this is absolutely key. Stephen Covey talks about it as habit number five in the, um, the seven habits book. And if we want to be understood, then we first need to understand. So try and understand the other person's point of view, you know, build empathy, discipline the act, not the individual. Focus on that that act was actually out of line with our standards or values, not that you are. So there's some subtleties in there. Most people are trying to do the right thing each day. Always invest in your training and development. You know, for us, we had this standard that anyone that was working on, you know, let's say a QuickBooks file or a client that was using QuickBooks, we made sure that that person was an accredited pro advisor. We put them through the training. And you're not going to keep people forever. That's fine. This is all part of the process. But you want them to leave knowing that, hey, that was worthwhile being a part of that team. So that's an investment that you need to make. You know, I love what... um, Tom O'Toole, he's a famous baker in Australia. He, uh, he, I think he finished school at about 10 years of age and he's created the most successful bakery in Australia. And it's a little bit lending off Henry Ford's philosophy here too, is that what if you um, train people and they leave? And a lot of bookkeepers and accountants are fearful of that. What if I teach them everything and they go and they start up in competition to me? You know, that's a scarcity sort of mentality. What if we could turn it around into an abundance mindset? And what if we, you know, the flip side to this is what if we don't train them? and they actually stay. I mean, that's surely got to be a whole lot worse. So then looking at our whole culture and our values and, and being an encourager, you know, being someone that, um, you know, we've, we've had the good fortune of people that, yes, they've left for various reasons from the business. And as, as I said, you can't keep teams as static forever and you probably don't want to. But then 
they've gone out and explored their own future and then they've actually come back. We've had a number of occasions where, you know, People have left on great terms. They were just looking for something different again in their life. But then they've come back and worked with us again. And, you know, we're then, we then get to leverage off everything with the foundation we'd already laid years earlier. And then they've got some other experiences that we can also then all benefit off when they come back into the team. And as we'll talk a lot more then about how do you find team members um, as well. I think that's a big one. It's as actually simpler than you think. Um, and so that's probably the, the key points that I wanted to sort of start, you know, enable people to think about um, leading into the session and we'll drill down on each one every one of these so that you can actually have some confidence and and faith that you can actually go out and build a team the chances are you've got a lot more work than you can handle right now if you're great at what you do how could you then help thousands of people you know maybe it goes to tens or hundreds to start with but there's a way of doing this and if you've got passion for what you're doing and you're skilled at what you're doing why don't we just enable this to have more people to have access to that? And, and building a team is a critical piece in actually enabling that to happen in a way that then complements your life as well. So that's super important. It needs to fit in with your life and your family as well. So we'll, we'll drill down on all this, just stuff I've done over the years and doing. Um, there won't be a lot of theory in it. It'll be practical stuff that uh, has worked and, and some stuff that hasn't worked for us. So I'm really looking forward well, to sharing. Well, what I can tell you show. is for those that are, that are able to make it to scaling new heights and for those who can't, you just gave a tremendous amount of information. So uh, I appreciate letting me wind you up there and just kind of go. I know there's a loaded question. And um, and <laughs> folks, if you were driving along or otherwise not able to capture all of that, don't worry. The recording of this, of course, is on our website. And if you don't yet see a link that takes you to some notes and transcripts of today's podcast episode. It just means that you've listened to it freshly after we posted and we haven't had a chance to backfill that information. So come back and revisit and it'll be there. And then you can write down these seven keys and start to build them out in your practice. And if you come and you go to Clayton's breakout session, which I encourage you to do, then you can drill down right then and there and and take notes as you go. Clayton, it is always so so informative to have you on anything we do. And thanks for giving some great information here to the podcast audience. Thanks for joining us in Orlando. I know it's going to be a very long flight for you. I think you've got probably, what, about uh, 20 hours, uh, maybe 25 hours of travel time to get there, something like that. Um, it's around about that. But, yeah. but it's going to be so worth it, Joe. Um, I'm, I'm so excited um, and just feel as though I can share some things that will hopefully help people. And thanks you, thank you for put, making the event possible uh, and enabling it. So it's a, it's a, it's a short trip for me, really. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I've done it a few times, but I'm very excited about being there at the show and, and just, just helping where I can. Well, we're excited to have you. And thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast and our conversation with Clayton Oates. At woodard.com slash podcast, you can replay episodes, download resources related to our episodes, and learn more about our podcast partners' special offers. As always, we encourage you to stay tuned, stay connected, never stop learning, and scale new heights.